This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hello and welcome to that podcast of me, Peter Crouch. I've uh, got Chris Stark and uh, the notorious SID. <laughs> <laughs> it's with us. Uh, and another great guest, a good friend of ours, Mr. Sean Wright Phillips. All good, mate? All good? What's going on? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, you? Yeah, I'm fine. More better now than I'm high with you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, no, it's great to have you on the podcast. Shit, you're about to hear a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I have to warn you. I don't know if you get a chance to listen to it much or if you're kind of, this is your first experience of it. You can be honest. No, this is my first experience of it. I've yeah. listened to bits and bobs of it. I've listened to, be honest, more to Crouchy's yeah. wife's podcast. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Any other one. Right. Yeah. SWP's coming yeah, in yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the San Marino's podcast. Samarino, it's all good. Well, but it's a lot a... of admin to get through first. Uh, obviously, we'll come to you, talk, you know, everything, you know, Man City, um, you know, various bits of your career, America, you know, what, what some bits and pieces. Obviously, we've known each other a long time, <laughs> 21s, 18s. Mm-hmm. We'll get into all that. But first, there's a big announcement today, isn't there? Yes. Okay, are we doing this then? Because we sort of semi-announced this before. So the big news today is Crouchfest, the trilogy, part three, is coming. We had The Godfather, we've had Jurassic Park, we've had Jaws. This is Crouchfest Part 3. It's happening November the 4th, Wembley Arena. You're invited, righty. Uh, it's going to be the night of your life. Yeah, yeah it is. And, um, you know, like the other Crouchfest, it's going to escalate. Every, every time we've done this, we've only done it twice, to be fair. Mate. <laughs> it escalates, though. It, it goes up. We've had some of the best moments of our life doing Crouchfest, haven't we, mate? Mm. We certainly have. I mean, we're going to have... Last year, what was it? Kasabian, Paul Potts did Ness and Dorma, which I thought was spectacular. One of yeah. our listeners, Joel, did, a, did an incredible song about Mike Dean. Um, there was lots garage of fancy set. dress. There was a garage set. Yeah, yeah Lisa there was Mafia. garage set. That's right, mate. Yeah, the old was. school garage flavour. We uh, yeah. crossed over to the Samra at uh, several points. So basically, if you're a fan of this podcast, you'll know all about Crouchfest. It's going to be at Wembley Arena, November the 4th. We need help with the promo for this, though, as always. Um, we need you guys to get involved and spread the word about this because we want to build the excitement, um, but also we just want it to be as good as last year and have loads of you there. So November the 4th is the date. Um, Crutch, you've done your bit already. You've recorded a, a song to promote this. Yeah. I kind of walked in and you had headphones on and the curtains were drawn here and you were busy. Um, you looked quite hyped, but you were busy. Well, I was hyped because I, asked, I actually asked um, Abby's brother, John, right, musician. He created this tune for me, which I'm all over. And uh, I said, do you know what I want to use? Can I use that? And he's allowed us to use it. I've put a little bit of stuff over the top. Uh, and I thought, let's get it out there. Tickets yeah. on sale now. This yeah. is a big deal. It, it, the song will be out on socials. Um, but we've got to play a little bit now. We've got to get a little clip of it in. Um, it's good. It's the kind of thing we're after. Here's Crouchy. Jaws. The Godfather. Jurassic Park. Unbelievable trilogies. You've seen nothing yet. Crouchfest 3. The Trilogy. November 4th. Chumba. Fucking Wamba.
Just one thing I've been meaning to ask you, Chris. Um, is there has it been an update from from Luke and with the Lewis Enrique nightclub experience? Yes. Okay. Um, right. So this needs explaining as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> apologies, Ray. Uh, we acquired Lewis Enrique's uh, shoes. They're like Gucci shoes. Very flash. They're silver. They look amazing. And one lucky listener to this podcast, in this case, Luke, is going to wear them on a night out. But they're uh, also going to wear some white trousers that he's going to provide. And we're going to give him a Ted Lasso top that we got all signed up when we uh, interviewed Ted Lasso. So, big news is, he's got his big night out in Torquay. It's happening on the 24th of June. So, in a few days' time, we've arranged for him to have a, a VIP experience. And Park Lane, which is the club, have arranged for a few... It says here, a few girls to come in and lust over him. Which is <laughs> right, what okay. they're describing okay. as the full Enrique. Now, the I think we should distance <laughs> ourselves at this point. Like, all we said was... I think if he's in some sort of red rope spit, yeah, that will be enough. I think it will happen anyway. To, to be I don't honest. think we should provide no, just no. as a point for everyone involved in this podcast. I We'd like to we distance should... ourselves from the providing of ladies. Yeah, um, <laughs> and we probably shouldn't encourage the nightclub to do that either. Yeah, but it'll happen. It'll happen organically because he's gone as Luis Enrique. But what we do want is a Torquay-based pap. Uh, we said this in the last podcast, so please let us know mm. if you're a Pat based in Torquay yeah. and want to take some pictures of our mm. uh, Luke dressed up doing his full uh, Lewis Enrique experience, then please let us know. Peter.crouch at acast.com. Yeah, and if you are in the Park Lane uh, nightclub on the, on the talk, in Torquay on the 24th, uh, please just leave Enrique alone. I know he's, he'll be a big celebrity that night, but he's gone full Enrique. Don't bother him. Do you think, though, we would like to see some of the footage from the night? A bit like, you know how we've seen Grealish out celebrating yeah. of late? It would be nice to have a bit of that. Yeah, feel free, well. feel free to throw him. Yeah. Just don't bother him. Yeah. <laughs> right, I've got a message here from Jamie. Uh, righty, do you fancy, fancy reading that one? Yeah, I'll give it a go. Why not? My Sunday league team has two players called Henry. One of them has a surname called Branson. <laughs> we now have nicknamed him Pickle to make his life easier. Oh, no. Pickle. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's good. I get it. It's not... It's, you wouldn't want to be called out on the, on the pitch, what, though, would pickle? you? Yeah, Pickle. You yeah, would. I would. Yeah? Yeah, if it was someone's nickname, I'd use it. What's yeah. your nickname? Um, some of my mates used to call me Little Legs. Little Legs. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Do you remember when I, do you remember the, the, the meme went everywhere? Me, when I think, I think you were coming off when I was coming on. Every time. Every time it? I see that so much, that picture of me and you coming on for England. Like I'm coming on and he's coming off and obviously I'm shaking his hand. And like, I can see it everywhere, do you? It was just one of those things. It got to the point where I actually thought they was doing it on purpose because yeah. it was just too random that every sub that was made of England, I was coming on the pitch for Crouchy. Yeah, it was one or the other. <laughs> who's I was that, coming on. Who's under? Don't know. Sven, I think it's it might have been But like, I just knew, like, I was thinking, like, we needed to start doing a thing where he went off. You know, like, these days, they yeah, go off they the go other off side. side. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to shake hands and that. Just like, well, I'm right. Yeah, good, good game, mate. Sven's got a bit of banter, isn't he, about him? So I don't know whether he's doing it on purpose yeah. as well. You never yeah. know. Well, he's just laughing to himself. I think he'd have that in the locker, a little snigger going, <laughs> Crouchy. <laughs> SWP. <laughs> <laughs> is it like he, he was called Little Legs? Can you imagine? Like, I was exact, obviously the exact opposite. I mean. Yeah. Right. We talked about Mavericks on the last pod, uh, and I was thinking like kind of the Canio, Eric Cantona. We mentioned a load of kind of Mavericks. Like who was the like the biggest kind of Maverick you played with? I'm thinking because I'm thinking at that time when you were at City, you had 
Ali Bernabia, yeah. yeah, or you had, you know, that kind of like, that kind of player. Oh, Berkovic. He wasn't really, I wouldn't say I was a, really a maverick. I yeah. think he's more of a maverick now after seeing him on the yeah, weekend yeah. than he most probably was. <laughs> was uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, he's lost yeah. it. He's, like, he's gone full Abram. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, do, do you know what? I'd most probably give it to um, Rubinho, you know. Rubinho? Yeah. What was he like? He was just pretty much, just did what he wanted. I remember there was a time that um, Mark Hughes basically shouted to them, get back and like help defend and he said no no i need to save my energy going forward and then just carried on walking like <laughs> <laughs> what flat refused yeah, while he was walking while the game's going on. Wow. Yeah. it's happened a lot to sparky isn't it yeah, marco bit, yeah. i'd say marco renatovich comes into that one yeah. arnie he has do you yeah. remember he used to get a car didn't he, he used to have a driver he was driving from manchester to stoke and the, the roadworks was on you know like the 50 mile an hour roadworks and he was just bobbing past he'd be in the outside lane going Phew! And we get to the training ground and we go, but Arnie, like, you can't do that on the motorway. Well, what do you, what do you say? I care not for this man. No, that was it. The driver. Was it. Obviously, he, he doesn't care. He's in the back, so he's not getting the points. He's his chauffeur. He's like, <laughs> I, care not, I care not for this man. I care <laughs> not for this man. <laughs> Unbelievable. I said, like, yeah, we were all going, you know, you're going to get a ticket and all that. And he said, this is my driver. And I said, yeah, but you should probably, you said, I care not for this man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> oh, shout do, you know, with Mark Hughes there, what would happen in that situation? Would he then, would he substitute a player or did he just sort of back down? Or? Um, it wasn't really a situation where he kind of had a way to back down or it, it's not he did or it's not he didn't. I think the way the game was going at, at that particular time, we kind of had enough to get away with it because me, Alano and Stevie Island would just do basically all the running. Mm. So we, we kind of found a balance. And plus we was playing on the breaks then as well. So we was normally sat back. But um, to be fair to Hughes, he, I found him actually a good manager at sea. Mm. I never understood why he even got the sack. And I most probably still don't to this day, but it happened and we was all in shock. But Rubinia would just be hard to deal with, with anybody. I think Adele Tarab was the same. Uh, oh. I got to QPR. Mm. Like He used to have Harry Bowles and pizza for pre-match. And I used to say to him, dude, that is not normal. <laughs> like, but that's just... Oh. And he was just so used to doing that in the championship. And he smashed it. So it yeah. was like, mm. why should I change? But that catches up on you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. What well, he yeah, did with him as well. Yeah. But that's, to be fair, then he went to Benfica and started and doing okay, right. didn't yeah. he, to be fair. But, um, you know, I was thinking about that... Um, that Man City team there. I think Rubino was the first one I felt where it was like, he was at Real Madrid and it was like, obviously the new owners come in. It was like, for me, it felt like he was the first one of like, bang, we, we arrived. Yeah, it, that's exactly yeah. what it was. But it was too, when they said it to us, we all just looked at each other and just to say like, yeah, don't take the piss, mate. Yeah. Like, why is he going to come to us? We haven't got anywhere mm. yet at the minute. We was just, mm. like you said, just starting, but showed up. And to be fair, he, he was all in. Some of the things he, I used to see him doing training, I used to just laugh. Brilliant. Like, he was, was, was unbelievable, really? yeah. Technically on the ball, is scary. Never used to warm up properly. Never anything. warmed up? Not really. His warm up was in the change room with like um, Brazilian house music playing and him and Alana <laughs> were doing kick-ups with the ball and... Just it was a nice atmosphere. Mm. Yeah. Have to be able to do that. Just turn on and off like a tap. Yeah. Like Something like pennant was one, wasn't he? He used yeah. to go out with his laces undone, <clears throat> just yeah. chilled, you know. But Mavericks, yeah, 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 yeah. that is it. That when is he when maverick. he arrived, what was it like when he arrived? Because as you're saying, Crouchy, it was like this big signing, wasn't it? And this big sort of status around it. Was he? Um, was it sort of nice car into the training ground? 
Was there smoke when he arrived? Like, <laughs> what, was it, what was it like? He'd be watching too much action movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just normal. He just came into the training ground because I think then we were still at Carrington. So the new training ground didn't exist. So that the pictures were good there, but the actual facility itself was quite um, basic in terms of where they are now. But he just came in and he was just all chilled and Alana was there. So he helped him with like the English barrier and stuff like that. And then after that, he it was almost like one of the boys, but they have to give it to those prison mm. and they did throw some parties yeah. it's a different city that though isn't it it's funny to think about when you think about the comparisons between city as we know them now and city then and that was sort of the first roots of some of these signings that were coming in but it was a different financial situation there mm. as well wasn't it yeah completely different but the, the club in general is still the exact same I've been, there's so many people that were there when I was there the first time to now and there's so many people that came when I came back the second time that are still there. It still all has all its foundations. It's just global now. It's reach is global. Can I, can I just ask you about, like, obviously, the, being a city in the first place? Like, how, how does that come about, right? And what, what, what age were you? The timing weren't great, was it? I remember speaking to you when you signed, because I was at Chelsea together and I went to Villa and he went to City. And I was like, mate, buzzing for the move, brilliant. And it weren't long after that the actual takeover happened. Yeah. And he was like, day later, I'm I was... fucked. <laughs> so you went there to play? Yeah, right. So I went there, obviously went there to play more, but I think when it all happened, I didn't really think about that. Because when I left the first time, I said, look, before I retire... I'm going to come back and have yeah. one more spell because yeah. I didn't get a chance to make the decision to leave. I mm. just kind of got pushed into it sort of thing. So so they'll go back and then offer came in. Mm. I was like, yes, let's go. Let's do this. I can obviously, I'm going to play more football a day later. They just bought the club they and then it was club. just back into another whirlwind. And yeah. then that rumour was going around. It just seemed to happen that Sean just goes to everywhere that gets taken over. <laughs> so, I, so I knew. You know, to be fair, I wasn't really, obviously we'll come to that bit, but I was thinking first time round, yeah. like how old are you when you go to City in the first place? I was 16, but I was yeah. at Nottingham Forest, wasn't I, with like JJ and Dawson yeah. and everybody. So how does that come about? And well, then you're a City like, fan? I am now, yeah, yeah, from when I signed, yeah, when I was younger. Um, so I was playing in a tournament, the same tournament Joel Cole was playing in, to be fair, in North London somewhere. And there was a scout there, Marlon Harewood's agent, yeah. Kieran Rafferty he was. And he scouted me to go to Forest, went up there, got all the way to like YTS. That was a year that they just stopped cleaning boots. But for my work experience, I was cleaning boots. Mm. So I did that a bit too early. But um, when we got there, and then I was on the way back home, after them saying to me and my mum, right, we're going to sign him, give him the contract. They just phoned us on the phone and basically said, too small, not good enough. So like within 24 hours, that same scout called me and said, Man City want to take you. They said they want to have you on trial for a week. So I went and did a trial for a week and they said, we want to keep you. And then it just, from that moment there, there was a little bit of a stall, I think because of my height, but a lot of the other players got moved to the reserves. And then after I played a few games in the reserve, I kind of just, it just went. Yeah. Like, do, you know, do you know the height issue? Like, were you, were you like a lot smaller then as well? Like... Cratch haven't grown much now. So. <laughs> no, I know, but you're smaller than you are now. Yeah. <laughs> what are you asking? Was at some point well, Sean Wright Phillips tall well, no, compared no, to no. other kids, but they all caught no, up? People, like, if people are like saying, you know, because you're too small and too small, but like, you know, they'd expect you to grow, don't they? Yeah, I definitely haven't grown. No, no, no. <laughs> so do you mean the football club? What is, I'm interested to know what, like, are you saying, did the football club sign expecting him to grow? No, he, they said that, not in the forest, he was too small, Ooh, right? Right. So he got released and went to uh, City, but they, they took a chance on him. Yeah. But what, what I'm saying is, I don't know, it's like when, you, when you're younger, you're, like, you'd expect 
to grow. Yeah. I know it didn't happen a lot, but, <laughs> oh, wow. but but you would expect, you know what I mean? So I don't know why they would yeah. release you because of that. You obviously had talent. Because I remember I've got City fans, a lot of my mum's side of the family are City fans, and obviously they remember you coming through. And when you first broke into that first team then, like you were their favourite player. You know, it felt like you were... You know, sort of like the fan, kind of the way you played yeah. the game was yeah. like resonates with the fans, doesn't it? You know, you gave everything every week. You had ability, you were scoring goals. And it was, I mean, when you broke into the six, it was brilliant for yeah, you, right? It, it was, but the, the first year was the hardest year. I didn't score for a full season, did I? Um, did you know? No. Hit the post, keeper saved it. Obviously, went wide a lot as well. <laughs> but <laughs> it just wasn't going in the back of the net. My first goal was away at the den, and none of the fans were allowed to be there. <laughs> Oh, so the City fans were banned no. for that game, yeah. And who were you playing with at that time? And who was the manager? Um, Kevin Keegan. Yeah. Joel Rowe brought, brought me through, though. Joel Rowe was, I think yeah, he God, was... You were, you were there early, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Royal. Yeah, he used to, he used to, wow. Me and another kid called Chris Shuka, and he used to call us like, um, we used to call him Weasel, yeah. and Joel Rowe named me the Pocket Rocket. Yeah. Pocket Rocket. <laughs> yes, I remember that nickname. And then with Keegan, how did you find working with him? Because am I right in thinking there was a perception change with you it under Keegan? It was very interesting for a man that is quite small himself to tell me that I wasn't big enough to play in the oh. system he wanted me to play in when he first came. It was quite weird. I didn't understand it because I was like, well, you kind of played when the game was more physical than mm. it is now and you're not that much taller than me. So kind of what mm. was the difference? But does he think he's taller than he is? That's yes. how, that's a lot, you know, I'm not very tall myself. And you do try and claim you're taller than you are, don't you? Mm. Are you? Well, I do. Yeah, you still, yeah. do you well, still? I don't any. I don't <laughs> as much anymore. But when you, you know, when I'm you about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and, uh, you know, well, Joe, Joe Cole tells was... me that's the national average. <laughs> <laughs> He goes five, nine and a half. It's the national... I'm above the it's national... It's always average. half. <laughs> when when, when, when you're half. my size, every half counts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, every, every half counts everywhere. I always know, knows. mate. I always round mine down. Yeah. <laughs> but Keegan, it was interesting then because he was quite... You know, he was relatively short himself. Yeah. So did, did you feel he wasn't empathetic to the fact that you can be a fucking phenomenal footballer mm. and not necessarily need the height? Um... I, I would honestly say I don't think he was. I think it, the fact that he was playing wing-backs at the time, I don't think helped that decision become any easier for him to play me because obviously he wanted big people for if the ball comes over the back. Mm. So, But when he played me there after that, then it kind of just kicked on again. But that was that was your strength, wasn't it? I remember playing against you, obviously growing up and then playing with you. And like when you play against him, you'd tackle him and he'd do like a little... Tumble, roll, like yeah. Sonic Hedgehog, you'll do like tumble, roll, tuck and tuck and roll, and then come out with the ball. Mm. You're like, how's he done that? He's like, yeah. oh, he literally just comes out of it the whole time. It's like ridiculous. Is it that lower sense of yeah. gravity? Yeah. No, do you know what? I used to, um, well, we were, some people call it Wembley, we call it FA Cup. Yeah. yeah. So when I was growing up, me and my brother, well, Bradley shot up after, but we wasn't the biggest and we used to play with people that were like 19 and 20 when we was only like 14 and 50 and if you was playing solos the only way for you to get to the next round was to get that ball in the back of the net and you get a longer rest yeah. because you're one of the first out so we're so used to just being kicked around just learn how to deal with it mm. yeah is that like growing up on on an estate yeah yeah where'd you go out right and broccoli turn yeah. road yeah. did that you think that shaped you as well for your career 100 yeah yeah 
I, some of the guys I see now when we go to family events and I like, thank you. You taught me how to take tackles. <laughs> like, well, the boys used to kick you about. Used to just, even if the ball weren't there, they used to just swipe yeah. our legs from underneath us. Yeah, because you were good at that. Like, you were good at riding tackles. <laughs> like, people yeah. used to come for you and you used to ride tackles really well, like bounce up. Yeah, it never affected you, did it? It's just one thing, isn't it? Mm. It's when you set your mind to something. Mm. Put all my eggs in one basket when I got to secondary school, didn't I? Mm. Didn't really focus too much on education. It was just all yeah. football. But, but you know what? Like, I was thinking at that time, that Man City team there, like... Quite, kind of like the, um, I want to say British, because I'm, like, yeah, I'm thinking of like Stephen Ireland, Joey Barton, and you. Like, we're quite, we're the, we're the ones who came through, like, in, at times, quite yeah. upset, held it together, I thought. Yeah, they were, they were, Stevie Ireland was amazing to play. Joey, for me, especially in the first bill there, I like people, I think personally he was underrated. Mm. Yeah. He was brilliant I, at yeah, that time. I think I think he was personally <laughs> underrated. I think he got a bit too cocky with it as he, the bigger he got in respects of doing what something different that he was doing when he first got there because before he would just break down play get his legs stuck in and give you the ball and that's as a winger that's what you want the quicker you get the ball the more space you have to to help your strikers get crossed get crosses in and stuff so he used to do that all the time i scored so many goals playing with him and stevie that was my career getting give it to the good players <laughs> <laughs> You know when you signed when you signed for City, what was the what was that like as an experience and joining that club and do you get greeted by the Gallagher brothers and like how does it work? What what's the benefits that come from signing for City? Fans. Yeah, yeah I think like only recently you've heard them like boo and jeer, but when they got relegated to division two, they've sold out tickets all the way up and they, they always will do and they're just loyal. Unless they're, they're spoiled now because they're so used to mm. City winning things, but they, they will always back their team. You, you very rarely see them giving certain players or singling out players to abuse, even if things ain't going right. Well. Have you seen a slight change though? Like, with, like I remember obviously the Gillingham game. Like, uh, like I say, I know some City fans, and that it was it was almost it, it, some of them actually preferred it being down there. Do you know what I mean? And it's like. <laughs> I, like now, obviously, it's all coming very easy, and you know they're seeing the best football they've probably ever seen in their lives, or without doubt, the best yeah. football they've ever seen in their lives. Has the atmosphere changed? Is like the difference between Main Road and the Etihad? Yeah, well, the atmosphere is definitely different since Main Road. I think the difference is though, not just the fact that City is still successful. I think that ticket prices are so high now that all those fans that used to go week in week out can't afford to go week in, week mm. out. So you tend to see those fans travel to the away games, which are the no normally the noisiest of mm. yeah, most you. clubs. Apart from like Anfield, that's the only place that just still rocks mm. when you go there. But that's what I think is more to do with. And then when you move stadiums, all the fans that used to sit together and make all the noise are now all scattered around. So they're not, not together, but it has its moments. Like I think you're right with ticket prices though. It's not actually something I think we've really talked about on, the, on this podcast much, but... It feels funny to me that you can support a club and want them to do better and better and better. But then the byproduct of a club doing better and better is they move up through the leagues, mm. the ticket prices uh, get more expensive and, and it's harder to get tickets. So it almost feels like, should be like stocks and shares. If you come in at a club at a certain point, 
that's your ticket price moving <laughs> <Yeah>, forward <laughs> with a bit of inflation yeah. or whatever yeah, but yeah. You, you've supported the club to get them to that stage yeah. you should benefit when they do get my there. only worry there is Sharks buying tickets everywhere at certain prices <laughs> you know I mean? and then when, when City get bought you go yeah. <laughs> give, us, you know, give us double what will I pay yeah. that kind of thing it Always just would be, be such a shame that as a fan you don't benefit in kind for the success that yeah, a club no, agree, agree. can have or, yeah. or like what happened with City and, and, and yeah. how they have yeah. got to where they are mm. alright well let's, let's move on a little bit right so you go to Chelsea okay and do you link up with this man here? Yeah. yeah. How how was that? How was he? <laughs> oh, that before was, I ask you about why, Mourinho, why is he lost? Before, before I ask you about Mourinho, Lampard, and Terry, and that, I'm asking you about the notorious SID. <laughs> <laughs> what was he like at Chelsea? Amazing. It was like like when when we both got there. Effectively, we knew some people, but not properly. Mm. But to get there and like. It was just all warm, innit? It was yeah. almost like instant. You just walk in and just all family straight away. Everybody was welcoming. and mm. made it e very easy for me to settle in. Felt like you had a good group there a little bit. Like, was, I'm thinking of like Sid, Bridgie, <laughs> you know, yourself. Like, it felt like you were knocking about with Bridgie quite a bit, right? <laughs> wow. It was an amazing group. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I every, every time I saw Bridgie, you were there. And it's, it's like, like, I felt like you, was, you, were, you they were tight. Am I, yeah. am I right? Yeah, no, we, we were very close, yeah. to be fair. We used to always go on holidays together as well. Yeah. Till obviously he... He settled yeah. down. I'm still. Yeah. You're still going on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. Pee your pants. But yeah, it was it was cool, man. It was really good. Yeah. And the group was perfect as well because no matter how hard we worked, we always yeah. found time to play mm. and to spend time with each other, bonding. It was a good. Uh, it was a good squad, that wasn't it? It did look good. like a good group, like there. I remember because obviously. Where I live now, you know, it's quite close to. to and I remember always you seeing you about, like dotted about, you lads. Good, look like a good group. <laughs> Some good nights out. Yeah. Well, let's let's begin. What was your favourite night out, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> but you were winning things as well, right? Like, how was the yeah. football? But I think that's what helped us win things. Oh. I think that because we we never separate. We separated like the social side of it to the football side of it. So if we lost, we didn't punish ourselves as a team. Yeah. We would like kind of chill together. We might not go crazy, but we'll hang out, have a few, and then kind of disperse, and then you're just back in again. And some of the players obviously would go on for longer, mm. but it was just, everyone was always together. And that, that, that's what made us mm. so strong, I think. Mm. Yeah, I was the jinx, the number nine shirt, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah. It just, when I got there, they didn't win anything. So <laughs> didn't experience that, that one. <laughs> did, did you feel when you joined Chelsea, was there anyone who particularly took you under under their wing? Everyone. Yeah. I think, yeah, everyone. That's what I mean. When I walked in there, it was easy. Because at Arc City, I was quite quiet back then. I wasn't like as chatty mm. as I am now. I was quite a reserved person. And they just made it so easy for me to settle in and just mm. kind of just got on with it. And then, because I knew some of them at England as well, that helped, <clears throat> made it better as well. When I was, um, when we was there, the year that I was there, so me, Wrighty and Bridgie, we got, and Didier got one, didn't he, as well? We, we all got Harleys. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, Because yeah. no, I remember you seeing you, like, I remember seeing them around, like, Cobham. <laughs> so, so I, was like, so I was like, seeing them ping down the high street. <laughs> So you all went and bought them together. So, oh, so well, basically, so you remember the story that I said about I've got my dad, dad a Harley. Right? So yeah. I got him one. So I thought, right, I can't let him get one and not me. But then I didn't want to ride a motorbike because I was only 24, 24, yeah. So I bought a Harley and then these boys got one just literally just about a few months before me. But we added, so we, put, we made it into a trike. Yeah. So we just put another wheel on the that back. That was it? 
So, because you can ride a trike with a car license. So we was... I mean, basically, we had a Harley converted into a trike. Do you mean you all shared? <laughs> no, so, no, 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 no. Of them. I sit down the high street, I see trikes going everywhere. I go, Ridge, Ridgey, I go, uh, Righty, Sid. And then, and, then were, and then some of the lads got um, quad bikes as well, because yeah, we obviously Ox shot to Cobham to the train ground was nothing. So there was just people flying by. And Jose, <laughs> I used to live in the area at the time. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Jose would come out, like, we'd go to training, and like, if it was in the summertime, and we'd all like drive in, and they'd all be parked up, because normally there's like, whatever, Porsche or Mercedes, and a, a fear <laughs> but in the summertime or the summer's out everyone rode Quad their quads bikes, and stuff yeah. in and Josie would come out and he'd jump on the back he'd like not riding it but he'd jump on the back and like his clipboard under his arm like which is this one boys this one? that's amazing it, it sounds like Grand Theft Auto <laughs> just all these random vehicles going around because it made it in the papers didn't it yeah, yeah. Like, I all our quad it. bikes got caught in the papers I don't remember yeah. this do you know when that was that was like the week before the Champions League final against United in, in Moscow and we come out the training ground and we went to Oxshot yeah. just to uh, have some lunch and then back to training and then we got snapped and I think Ashley went on the curb to go round someone <laughs> not on the curb you know like when you just no, no, I've, said that, I've said that wrong I've said that wrong you know you know when someone's turning right Ashley went on the curb to round up someone <laughs> He's tried to cut in on the inside. No, 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 no. So someone's turning right, a car in front of him. You know, you you just get past him. You go one one tire up the curb and down. (laughs) It was legitimately one of them. (laughs) And then there was a paparazzi there that caught us just going on the curb. And it was in the Sun newspaper. And it was silly quads. That was the (laughs) silly quads. Yeah, that was literally the uh, the headline. So, but those were those were regular days then. Uh, what was your vehicle of choice? And it's Mario Karts of Cobham that we're <laughs> No, I had about. a yeah. light rod, didn't I? Yeah. Um, he had a, he had a Harley, serious yeah. trike. Serious trike. One. It was good. Are you still into it now or not? It's too cold here. It's better now in England <laughs> than it was then. But yeah. by three, you, we're driving from Cobham. By the time three o'clock comes and you're driving up the A3 yeah. and you can't press the brakes because your hands are too numb, <laughs> I was like, all right, now I'm done. <laughs> 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 Who do, eh? Who do? Is that is that something new for you, Chris? I just like, I find it baffling <laughs> the idea of all these elite footballers driving around in, in all these different vehicles. But fair play, I guess it made good team spirit. It's, it's and how that. I, I taught myself. And Mourinho my endorsed driveway. it, right? Yeah, but I so, taught myself how to drive it on my driveway because mm. I'd like you didn't. We didn't couldn't go and get lessons or anything, yeah. so you just had to teach yourself the gears. But did Mourinho encourage that kind of thing? which to me sounds like the kind of thing a manager wouldn't encourage because it would be unsafe or you'd get injured. He, he or... didn't do either or. Yeah. Like he kind of just, it, it's almost like he just trusted us to not do anything stupid, yeah. which to be fair, we didn't. Yeah. Like but was we, that was... a good trait in, in Jose, do you think? Like I, there was I, an element of trust. There wasn't too much control yeah, he, by the sound. He was of it, good like. with us with stuff like that. It was only like normally the night before the games where we started staying in hotels because I remember when I first got there I was like why don't you just tell me I just wouldn't have bought a house but I just lived at the training ground because literally we was playing Saturday, Wednesday we was in a hotel Friday night then come back Tuesday you're back in a hotel. I was in a hotel more than I was in my own house. Who were you rooming with? I was on our own. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, you see, every one of Crouchy's stories always involves another person in that's, that's had to share a room with. Yeah, uh, but that was at the start. Early yeah, days. Oh, so slightly, by, 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 by this point, <laughs> yeah, by, by this point, point you're, you're given your own room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, that's standard now. Everyone gets their own room. 
This next section of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at BrewDog. So, as you can see, Sean, we're sat in BrewDog Waterloo. It's our new home. And we've got some pints of punk IPA on the go. And this has led us to ask Crouchy and everyone listening over the last couple of weeks for their favourite punk footballers that they've ever come across. It's been like a topic that we've been doing on, on the pod. So we thought we'd play a little game with you. We want you to name your dream punk five-a-side team. We're talking about the most maverick, unpredictable, unconventional players that you've ever played with or against. So these are the players that have a real disregard for doing things how you'd expect with potentially glorious or disastrous consequences. I can come up with one. Go on. How's that? Paul Bosfeld. Oh, big day. Paul Bosfeld. Yeah. Um, From personal experience. <laughs> yeah. well, you come up with that really, really quickly. Yeah, because so, just the way the punk... He had the long hair. He had that attitude where he just kind of did what he want on the pitch, and he had the vibe to him, innit? it? Like, yeah. Uh, the, what was he, he like off the pitch? Amazing guy, but oh, great guy. Yeah, yeah. What was he? It would have been perfect in our little. Yeah. You know what? Like, <laughs> like I know, but like that punk footballer kind of thing. Like Joey Bartle was brilliant in that time at City, wasn't he? Yeah. He but was. he had a, he kind of got a bad rep, kind of off the pitch. <laughs> like, now what was he? What what's he like with you? Like, what? How did I, you find him? I was still, we're still good mates yeah. to this day. We still speak. Um, I just know him because we used to room together when I was like 17, 80. So I know how to deal with him. I, um, and I've, I've always stood up for myself. Right. So if he had kicked me, I'd just say like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, bro? And then say, sorry, right, lad. And then yeah. he would just run on his on his way. Well, Most probably do it to somebody did else. Did he go around <laughs> kicking people, yeah? Did he no, go he around? Did, if I, I wouldn't say he deliberately did it, especially in my time there. He was trying to go for the ball, but... He can't do anything half-heartedly. So for Joey, it's either he does it or he just don't do it, period. Mm. So he he played the way he trained, basically. If I'm going to... He would just tackle you normally. Mm. So I just knew to stay out of the way. Like, if I know he's coming for me, just two touches and the ball's gone. <laughs> did, you used to, did you say you used to, to run with him as well? Yeah, I did. Yeah. What was he? Was he a bit maverick in that sense as well? Crouchy told us great stories of... It was Robbie Fowler. Who, like hid up in the cupboards. Or yeah, yeah. There was, there was no thing. need for it. You know, Rafa was checking if we were in bed, and um, uh, Rafa's walked in, the, and the door's there, but the cupboard is is above him, and Robbie's in the cupboard, right? But he could have just been in bed. <laughs> for some reason, he got in the cupboard because he thought it'd be funny. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, it was fucking. Funny. <laughs> but there was no need for it whatsoever. But yeah, it was pretty, I don't even know how you got didn't, there. Did you look at him? You're talking to the manager and he's just doing yeah, his finger on his lips. Like, <laughs> like, don't let Rafa know I'm in there. Like, well, you could have just been in bed and he would have gone, yep, both in bed. <laughs> Amazing. He's right. in the cupboard, but no, no, nothing like that. Quite sensible. Um, who, Joey? Yeah. He's a bit... Um, when we first started rooming together, we had like an arrangement. I would come with like, say, the PlayStation at the time or the, whatever console it was. And he always had these laptop who's playing championship manager and there was a time I came back to the room and like he had the TV to himself and he was playing championship manager so I looked at him and said what the fuck am I gonna do <laughs> I said you can't I said you can't have both bro you gotta pick one or the other sort of thing and he said all right I'm just not used to rooming with anybody I've never like done this before it's normally family members so I was like it's all good but this is how it starts you can't have both and it's left it like that and we've, we've got like a house on fire ever since yeah oh, that's good to hear so basically your five-a-side team would be five 
of the same player. Yes. <laughs> that's what we're going with. Yes, exactly. Okay, that. Cool. Why not? Well, that's that's Sean's team. Um, might take some beating. <laughs> um, it's quite punk that you can't be asked to think of five. <laughs> I'm is, into it. it. <laughs> Um, we have had some sent in from listeners, though. These are good. So uh, this one's name is... Uh, well, this is from Connor. Name of the team, Brew Let the Dogs Out. Oh. Talk us through that lineup. Well, it's, an absolute, it's an absolute belting um, name for starters, Brew Let the Dogs Out. Uh, GK, Rene Aguita. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yep. Arturo Vidal, Marek mm-hmm. Hamzik, Raul Moreles, uh, and Danny Osvaldo. Uh, manager, Gareth Ainsworth. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Gareth Ainsworth, a great <laughs> shout for... I don't know if Gareth Ainsworth kind of speaks sort of, you know, Portuguese, yeah. and Spanish, but uh, good luck with that one, Gareth. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think this is going to be a big one for more Sunday league because uh, professionals need to be a little bit professional, uh, right? But the Sunday league ones, they can rock up at five, five minutes before kickoff, mm, get yeah, out of the, the car, Mavericks. one sock, like getting ready, fag, Probably a condom still on. There's your punk. There's your punk player right there. <laughs> there he is. There he is. That's what we're looking for. Really. Rene Aguita's yeah. a one though. Rene Aguita, like the scorpion kicks, one of the one of the best things we've ever seen. Yeah. Like remember he used to come out and just dribble past people and like try and and take free kicks and penalties. Mm. What a man. How about this one from Steven? It's called Piss Off Carl. You can see where he's going from this very quickly. The manager's called Carl Robinson. Yeah. And then talk us through the team. <laughs> I think we know where this is going. Uh, the goalkeeper's Carl Darlow. Uh, the midfielder's uh, Carl Henry. Uh, attacking midfielder, Carl uh, Toko Akambi. Uh, striker, Carl Jesper Carlson. <laughs> Carl Jesper Carlson. He's got to be skipper. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Heinz Rubeniger up, yeah. up top as well with him, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, nice. A lot, team of, of, Carl, lot of Carls there, team of Carls. <laughs> okay, this one from Josh. So what he's done with this whole thing is he's he's gone for players who like punk music. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Or who he thinks yeah. likes yeah. punk music. So he's gone goalkeeper, um, De Gea, two defenders, Terry Butcher and Stuart Pearce. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And then he's got Thomas Rosicki. And Peter Crouch. Nice. <laughs> Managed oh. by Jurgen Klopp. Oh, oh what a oh, bargain. That's, that's the good. winner, isn't it? Okay. That is the winner so far. What a team. Yeah. So I'll let you boys choose. Who do you think wins out of that? So we've got our kind of like punk lovers at the end um, from Josh. We've got Stephen with his his team of Carls uh, called Piss Off Carl. Or, you, or we've got Sean Wright Phillips' team, of course. Oh, Bosvelt. Bosvelt. <laughs> we <laughs> team... Oh, we got Connor's team, Brew Let the Dogs Out. Well, it's a great name, yeah. isn't it? It's a great name. It, it maybe should win for name alone, really, for this kind of should thing. Should do, really. That last team was awesome. The the team, I felt, was brilliant in the last one, but the, the Brew Let the Dogs Out is a... Well, Notorious, what are you going with, then? One you have to decide and vote. I, I, like, the, I like the end one, that team. You like the end that, one? Yeah. Don't know if this might help with your decision here, Notorious. Yeah. Um, I forgot to say the team name of the last one. Yeah. VAR Halen. Uh, yeah, nailed it. Done. Done. Yeah. Job done. done. We all agreed. Yeah. 48. Yeah. 48 yeah. That, that is a winner. That is a winner there. What do they get? 48 punk IPAs on, yeah. the, on their on route. 
Yeah. VAR Halen. <laughs> wow. Quality. <laughs> oh, who's the, who's the fella? Uh, Josh. Josh. Josh Parsons. Who Brilliant. sent that in on Twitter. Well done, Josh. We're going to get uh, 48 punk IPAs sent to you. Well done, Very Josh. Good. So keep sending in your punk five-a-side teams. You get the idea with this now. Uh, well done to Josh. I think that might take some beating, mind, but feel free to give it a go. Email us peter.crouch at acast.com. So before we end this bit, there's one thing that we thought would be useful to remind you guys of. We're going to be holding an event here at Brewdog Waterloo, which is where we record the podcast. It's going to be at the end of June and we're going to do a punk pub quiz. And it, it's all kind of in celebration of the mighty punk IPA. And we want you lot to come down here and have some fun with us. The only thing is you have to be quick about it as entries to win tickets is going to end on June the 21st the day this podcast is released. So the second you hear this podcast, if you're quick enough, you have a chance to enter. Well done if you are one of the people who's pressed play as soon as this episode drops. Think of it as like a little reward for doing so. Everyone else, too slow. Really sorry about that, but we are going to do more events over the summer, so there'll be plenty more chances to come and have a beer with us down here. So... To be entered into this draw for a pair of tickets, I am aware there's a bit of admin around all this, so listen very carefully. All you need to do is go to brewdog.com forward slash crouch, and if you go on that website, order some beer, you're going to be entered into the draw. It's as simple as that. What what, what do you add to your flexing time, Chelsea? Like, do you... What, what, who was the best player you played with at that time? Like, what, what was your best moment in the Chelsea shirt? You know, I'd have to say winning the Premier League and winning the FA Cup because mm. you don't really get to achieve those things. It's, it's, no matter what team you're at, it's, unless you're at like a city at the minute, it's very rare that you're going to keep winning medals. Mm. But um, to be in those positions to play there, and I remember the FA Cup clearly because I remember Mourinho coming up to me on the Thursday and saying, right, you're going to start, you and Paolo are going to start on the right-hand side and we need you to stop Ronaldo. He said, I'm, I know you can attack, but I know you can defend as well. So... <laughs> You just need to help Paolo stop Ronaldo, and that's what we did. We yeah, end up yeah. winning the game one nil. Mm. So we were um, good at that defensively. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, brilliant. How good was he defensively? So good. <laughs> one of those players, you just like, I don't know what could get past him. Like, I don't, honestly, I'd back you against Ronaldo. Like, but they'd assign two of you against him then. Well, you, you kind of had to. It would I thought Ronaldo at that time? It would mm. have been unfair to leave as good as he is to leave a fullback on his own with him because you never knew which way he was going to go and he was as good at shooting with his left mm. foot his, and his right was pretty much the same mm. so we wanted to win the game and yeah. sometimes you have to sacrifice for your team yes that's interesting so you've got the secret to how to neutralise Ronaldo mm. no Coley did Col so Coley weren't there then was he actually was but I don't know if he played they weren't was that just 2007 Bridget? you won the first one at Wembley yeah yeah but who yeah. Um, no he come he come in the January after was Bridgie fit to play or did who played left know. back? To, to, be, to be fair, Ash, he had game. Ronaldo. Yeah, and not that he needed to, but he'd, 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 it's probably pretty standard now. But he would, on the way to games, get the iPad and the, the, the analysis would clip all of Ronaldo's like bits and he would just know Everything. from his movements where he's going to go. He had him, he had him on toast every time, every time, didn't yeah. he? So Ash, Ashley would... Every time. Ashley Cole would... would do a lot of research. Yeah. So I've yeah. never heard yeah. this about his game. Yeah, He'd, on the coach on the way to the games, whether it's Old Trafford or at Chelsea, against Ronaldo, he'd be watching an iPad just purely on Ronaldo. Just whether on the right-hand side or the left-hand side, when he comes in, when he shifts out, when he goes to fake to shoot, when he does a step over. So he would know what his little weakness, not weaknesses were, what his sort of giveaway 
Mm. Tips were before he'd do it. Wow. Yeah. So that's why I actually mm. marked him out. I just never had him down as the sort of slightly more swatty type. As, Loves as, it now. As See now. All, all he wants to talk about now. All he wants to talk about now is like sessions, yeah. session planning. Like he's yeah. a coach, isn't he? Like yeah. all he wants to talk about. Like you go, you go out for a beer with him, and it's like, look at my session. Like, like what do you think of my session tomorrow? <laughs> That's true story. Isn't it. that yeah. interesting though? You Loved see it. these traits as a player that then bleed into their coaching or, or managing. You know, you see it like the things that they sort of enjoyed or the way they went about their game mm. and then what they can be like as a coach or a manager yeah. and sort of Some impose on others. You know, like I've seen like even Titus, Titus, I've never, yeah. I would never call Titus Bramble as being the coach, right? And then I did my coaching badges with him and he was, he was already coaching. He had the two balls under the arm, the whistle, like a stopwatch. I was like, this kid knows what he's doing. <laughs> like, and his sessions were good, really yeah, good. Yeah. Them coaching sessions didn't last long for you, did no, they? Didn't really <laughs> well, I realised I could dick about in the pub for, for hours. <laughs> right, what was it like playing against Crouchy? It was weird because I grew up, well, in the same era as Eastlop, but if you have a big man on the pitch, normally it's to fight header. I think people underestimate how good he was with his feet. Yeah. And he had the niche. I think he's the only person I've seen do it, even to this day, where... You think he's going to header it and then he just takes it on his chest and just pulls it down. But people either come through him or back off. If you back off him, he destroys you. And if you go, go through him through the back to jump up, he just takes it down on his chest. And so like, what, what did managers say to you um, in sort of taking him on or, 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 or other teammates? The managers that I have had, they always try to put somebody in front. So he was kind of in between I used to hate so, that yeah, yeah, that was that was, I was a designated it's nothing worse than yeah. the one on your toes in front. I was a designated like passenger oh. just going to stand on his toes oh, alright okay that get was... it to him oh, sorry mate <laughs> nothing worse and you'd always know it was being well, done well you know it's been like bizarrely like, like for, for, from like long balls from like you know the keeper or the centre half you know you just drop it over the midfield take the press out and then we just play from there I'd just take it my chest and we play from higher up that was like, I, I loved doing that for years. And then when plant managers started putting someone in front of me and then so I'd have a defender right up my ass, and one in front like that and I'd be like, oh, like, I might as well not be here, you know? <laughs> Would you literally stand on his foot as well? You'd try and stop the jump? On his toes, yeah. On as the ball's coming in, you just yeah, step back and just yeah. like go back as much. And he's obviously pushing you and you're like... <laughs> yeah. But then if you, if, you, if you do manage to get like the push off and like, back into the other you then got five yards to work yeah. with you know so that is either that one like pushing off or just try and try and like take them one way and get to the side to get some time on the ball and because they're on your feet they're unbalanced the second that you yeah do get yeah them off. and then it's yeah. like you obviously can take it one way or, or the other like away from from the defender so you, you can still get in the game but it's just not as nice you know <laughs> it's much easier when no one's yeah. there in front of me <laughs> i just really like hearing what respective managers would have done you yeah. know in a, say chelsea liverpool to, to deal with Crouchy. I don't think we've ever actually asked that question from the other side, mm. like how it was dealing with him. But basically stand on his feet. Do, and, yeah. uh, Do you know what Frank Skinner said? Go close behind. Do you know what Frank Skinner said on, because uh, I used to listen to Absolute Radio and uh, he, he has the show and I like Frank Skinner, it's funny. And uh, he said once that um, he reckoned going into attack with me, with me would, would be like throwing three bicycles at you. No, <laughs> all them sharp. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said it'd be like if you're into a tackle with me like throw, someone threw a load of bicycles at you <laughs> <laughs> to be fair he has got pointy elbows yeah. yeah. like, he, he has seen so he has seen some people off right. with them elbows <laughs> Un, unintentionally as well I would say but 
They're honestly, they're like a, they're like, they should go through the scanner on their own in the airport. <laughs> they're a weapon. Like, they are, they are. They're so pointy. <laughs> well, look, we've previously talked with Idris Elba about how to hijack a plane. And are you saying you could take one down I with your I elbows? Like, I, if, some, if someone came at me, right, I, 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 could, I could go this way, I could go that way. You know, I can, I could, they're, they're like knives. <laughs> To be fair, his elbows, them little bobbly bits, I've got... Have you I've, ever seen them? Look, I've got them. Look at that bobbly bit there. I, I, I've got these on the side of my knees as well. So, and it, uh, to, to give you a visual, do you remember the film Grease? You know when they do the car, the car chase? No, the, the race, sorry, the race. You know the, the spiky bits that come off <laughs> and, and they deal the car? So when you're running that's, alongside. That's on the side of my knees. <laughs> they open them out like James Bond and just flatten the tyre. Yeah. Then people run into these little knobbly bits there. That's, that's right. seen a few Game off. over. Yeah. Game over. How was it with... Um, uh-huh. See, my perception as a fan of, of Didier Drogba is there was a point in time where he was just unstoppable. And, and playing alongside him, what... What was that like, and and did he sort of insist on on things that you needed to do to kind of make him as prolific as he was? His winger's dream. I think even for an attacking midfielder, he made basically the number nine what it is today. It's the first person I've seen do it single-handedly. Like, he's just dominate four players, the right back, the centre back, the other centre back and the left back, wherever he went. He just used to destroy them. And he, the only thing he said to me is just, when you get the boy at your feet, cross. Which is perfect for me because... Cross rather, where? Didn't, in the box. It didn't matter. Yeah, but you you know, like as a winger or a striker, you just look where the space is. But back then you're taught areas. So if you get to the byline, it's normally cut back to the penalty spot or back post. But anything before that, I would say there's always a window between the goalkeeper and the centre-backs. If you cross that ball early enough, it can be on the ground or in the air. It's going to be difficult for the defenders and difficult for the goalkeeper. And he used to just thrive on things like that. Mm. Well, to be fair, right, it was a dream, though. To be fair, from, from Didier's point of view, I know how he feels. Obviously, I played with right with, with England, and um, I just know like he's going to he's going to get it out, and he's gonna, and it's coming in. You yeah. know, like I just know it's coming in from that right hand side. Um, and there's so many players like that want to cut in and shoot. You know, but like for a for a striker, like a, a winger like right was perfect. But did you find that strikers were quite? Um... There's a perception I have of strikers, the way that Crouchy talks about it. He's quite uh, derogatory towards goalkeepers, for example. Was he ever quite patronising to, to wingers? Um, or no. was Drogba ever patronising? They're going, your supply line. They, in, you, that, like, you, you can't survive you to, without so, them. So, so you almost like had to... You're cutting off your air. You had to look <laughs> after them, almost. You, had to, you treated them with maximum respect. Oh, maximum, <laughs> ultimate respect. Yeah. yeah. I used to go out to my fullback and my winger every... No matter who I was playing against, and I'd be like, how are you feeling today, Simon? <laughs> yeah. And he'd be like, yeah. And I was like, I was like any chance you get, just get it in the box. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like just teasing them. Like, you know, like when you, when you say to your little, your little girl or something, on no, no, our time you with the get the remote and bring it back <laughs> that one any chance you get just just a thought just get it in that box <laughs> well, I'll get loads of glory and then I'll go the other way <laughs> did you have an assist bonus in any of your contracts no uh, didn't really didn't really think about things like that when I was I just I actually enjoyed assisting just as much as scoring who was the best like, was he the best did he the best like yeah. To to provide for. Nick Anelka played a bit different mm. in respects of he would rather it slid in between gaps mm. and lines, mm. whereas Didier wanted it, if possible, yeah. in and around the box area. But um, yeah, like I would say for me, he, he was probably the best yeah. striker. But he would make like a half decent ball look 
Perfect. amazing as well. Yeah. If it was just like a couple of yards either side, he'd it, it, like he'd thrive on that because he used to love that contact as well. Yeah. Mm. So if yeah. he'd made a ship, basically what I'm saying is he'd make a ship player look half decent. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, if you're favouring, did you like the way you talk about the differences between say Drogba and Anelka? If if you're doing really well with one particular striker, did it? it did any of you have situations where? Like the other striker would come and have a word and say, "Look, you, you keep playing to to this player, or it's, why is it not working um, with us?" And try and change your game slightly. When I was at Chelsea, it was a bit different because we played with one striker. Yeah, of course. So yeah. we didn't really have to worry. City was quite the first time was quite old school way of way of playing. So it was just like four four two. Everybody's on train tracks. <laughs> just basically, so they just had to make runs in the box, but. No, not really. The only, you, you, of course, you have to learn at Chelsea because Chef Shevchenko came in. So we needed to understand how he played. We had Hernan Crespo there as well. And they all play completely different. Hernan Crespo was just over five yards. His movement was scary. Mm. Like he never used to use his laces. He always used to just pass the ball in the net. No, no power or anything. He just guided everything, even with his head. So that for me, you would determine how you put the ball in the box a bit different because he's not going for power. So you need to put a bit more power on it just so you can just hmm. angle it where he wants it to go. Who inspired you as a player? Did you model your game or on, on anyone that you grew up? I wouldn't Who would you say, say the best winger? I wouldn't say I modelled it off anybody, but I used to love watching Ryan Giggs growing up because him, Mark Overmars, Anders Limpar, because they just look like they just enjoyed hmm. going past people. And when I used to sit down and watch them, I used to be on the edge of my seat. And in my head, that's what I wanted to do to fans as well. But your dad, your dad must have been a bit of influence for you. No, because I'm the same with my son and even my daughter that's playing. I just he just let us fall in love with the game ourselves, and I've done the same mm. thing like with with my kids now. Mm. And my daughter's like addicted Man. to football beyond belief. Your daughter is, oh, really? by the way, <laughs> your daughter is an unbelievable footballer. <laughs> she is yeah? scary. Have you, have you seen how old is she? Nine. Have you seen the video? Nine. Two like, footed. Get, really? Get Two footed. Right, yeah, video of this. right. Do you mind this. if I play, no, play this video? Because I only saw this. Up. I saw this doing the rounds on on, um, on Twitter. I knew you were coming in, and was like. This is unbelievable. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's really? Look at this. It's weird. Awesome. What? Even the move? Even the movements? Now, really turn. Really turn. Oh. She's only known. <laughs> Future line X. Wow. Right? A million percent. Skipper. Pension, hey, pension fund right watch there. Watch this space. You know? <laughs> <laughs> pension fund. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh, that's impressive, mate. Well done, like good luck to her. Brilliant. Are you like that in the garden, Pete? Well, I wish drills. I was. Like, I genuinely would love to go out in the garden and like get my kids doing that. Like, but it's there's absolutely no interest at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> I got four of them. You know, I, I threw my. Fruiting the net out wide, but no, nah, no takers. No, not yet, mate. Might come, might come a bit later. Well, listen, I think it will. I think mm. it will hopefully come later. The, the girls are a bit older; they're not that interested. Johnny's not that interested, but the, but the baby's like four now, and he, he seems to be a bit the most interested. Mm-hmm. But you know, Still you can't young. can't force it on them, can you? No. no. I just want to ask you about about America. Obviously, like your your brother smashed it out of there, right? He's like yeah. the MLS top goal scorer. Goal scorer yeah. yeah, that's inc- what like. How does he find that? I mean, he just went out there and did his own thing and, like, 
absolutely crushed it out there. Had a really tough road, didn't he, to start with, I think. I think there's a few unlucky moments and then there was a few moments where he could have avoided it all himself mm -hmm. just by being in a different place. So, But um, he's always been a goal scorer anyway from Sunday League to the teams he's played at. And he had he did really well at Charlton. They got promoted and then somehow all this politics got involved and then he just wasn't starting anymore. So his agents, obviously, Darren Dean with Thierry, and they just said to him, would you go out and play in America? And he said, yeah, why not? Let's go for it. Let me try my luck somewhere else sort of thing. First year, obviously, he's with Thierry. The year after that, because I, I, I play there and I've seen him play, you wouldn't say they create like they play good football or create abundance of like chances, but the chances he did get or he did make for himself, just he just put in the back of the net, just like if it was just easy natural finishing. Mm, yeah, really. and then what, so when you did you enjoy it out there? Yeah, it was cool. It was. Out, we went to Finland, right? We went to Finland. You were still living out there. I was in like Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. Yeah. I was like, so where are you living now, right? He said Arizona. <laughs> uh, what? Fair enough. That's hot. <laughs> You, got uh, to you said you loved it, didn't you? Arizona was unbelievable, yeah. especially the waste management tour. Oh, yeah. you like that's the yeah. bucket list. <laughs> bucket list. Golf tournament. Is this the one that Niall was telling us about? Yeah, yeah. 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 big crowds and drinking that shit. Yeah. No, it's on the bucket yeah. list. Yeah. That one. We've, we've discussed it. Oh, our local yeah. golf club. <laughs> it's on our to-do list. It's like going to be a work trip, <laughs> is it? It's work trip. Yeah. But it was. It was weird how I got there because me and obviously my contract had finished at QPR. And with my brother was getting married and he phoned me before I come over and he said like, we're trying to plan in our heads. So we said, all right, when you come over, we're going to try and get you to train and then hopefully we can get you to sign in so we can play together again. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. No intentions of it. We didn't even get that far. We just had that conversation. But when I went to do a charity thing in Guatemala and then I was with Vaz, mm. flew straight back to New Jersey and when I got to New Jersey, he said, I said, where are you going? He said, we're going to Houston. So I was like, you know what? Let me just go and watch the game. I'm not doing anything. So I got back on another flight to Houston, went to the stadium. He got us tickets and stuff. And we was just chilling. Then on the flight on the way back the next day, because I didn't know they fly like that, mm. we just jumped on a flight. And then all the Red Bulls teams <laughs> started walking on and the managers and stuff. And Brad said, the manager would love to talk to you when, when we get off the plane. I said, yeah, no problem. So we was walking down, he said, what do you think of the game? Just had a normal general chat about it. And he said, would you like to come in and train with us? I said, yeah, why not? I could do with keep fit, basically. And then he's, that week went by and he said, look, we don't want you to leave. We want you to stay. We can't offer you a lot of money because the budget's all already mm. taken up. I said, if I was playing here, it wouldn't be for the money anyway. I said, I would have gone elsewhere if that was the case. So he said, all right. I said, just to make sure you throw in a green card. He said, yep, sorted. And got a green card in three months and everything. And that, yeah. I didn't come back home literally after that point. I lost my phone. Didn't even bother getting a new English phone. Just went straight onto an American phone. And I just kind of just started again. It's I a just, new life. Just, yeah, I just kind of just went with it. Wow. He's an English <laughs> Whoa! I'm an alien. I'm an alien. I went to watch a game there, and it was uh, it was one of the coldest I've ever been at football. It was like it was just bizarrely cold, and I think in New York, it was, yeah, yeah. And the other the other thing that I've got to say struck me was just some of the chants were a bit uh, weird. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't go as far as like yeah. chance. I don't really, they, to them, what I found there is more of a social gathering. Yeah. Until you go to places like 
Portland and mm. Seattle, Seattle yeah. and Columbus, it's more social in this. Yeah. It's just family gathering because they don't have away fans. So what great food though. <laughs> it's like the Philly cheesesteaks and things like that. Like it was, corn dogs. Oh, it was corn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> decent footy scran, you know. <laughs> yeah, so when I found out you, you were in uh, Arizona, we were skiing. Believe this. Yeah. <laughs> me and Sean Wright Phillips skiing. Is there any pictures of this behold? <laughs> Is it? Tell me there's pictures of this one. Yeah, yeah, we've got yeah, footage. Yeah, Where's yeah, the paps one. there? Right? No, I've got footage of it because they filmed it for like a, this thing I was doing. I jumped out of a plane with Jermaine Genus. I tightrope walked with Wayne Bridge. And me and Wright went skiing on this on this show. Which you'd never been allowed to do, We've right? never skied yeah, in our lives. He was good, right? <laughs> this, You know that kind of... Riding challenges, low yeah, center gravity. He was bound, he was, yeah, he went down, but he was yeah. back up kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like, he, was, he was decent. I was useless, right? <laughs> <laughs> when I say useless, I was absolutely horrendous. Like, and I was trying to, you're trying to go down the little baby slope, yeah. weren't we? And I remember I was lying on my back. I thought I'm giving up, and I could hear just there the cable cars going over the top, and I just heard, "Don't give up, Crowley." <laughs> 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 from like a random art. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on then. I'm going. It gave me some like, bit more about me. I thought I'm going to do this. So I tried my best again. Anyway, we had a race. We, we must have done it. Well, must have, we, we'd done about an hour lesson on the baby slopes. We've both never skied before. Then we went off the top deck. You got down actually, didn't you? Yeah. Off the top. I, I, I struggled. There was points where I walked, points where I, you know, I put them back on and I was useless. Anyway, we had a race and it was the best race I think you, you'll ever see. It's, it beats the Olympics. Down. Wow. So to, much happened. I need to see this. And it's down the baby slope, right? So it should, if you're a skier, I reckon it takes five seconds to get down, right? Yeah. <laughs> About a minute and a half, I reckon. His, he proud. went out like flying ahead, didn't you? Do you remember? Yeah. You were miles ahead. Then his ski came off and then he, he, he like went too far so he couldn't get back to get his ski on. So I thought, right, I've got him here. And I started going really, really slowly like that. <laughs> really slow but then I went down going slowly and it, by then he had his ski back on uh, mate so much happened yeah. I won't I will have to get it up on socials or something it was unbelievable well mate thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and uh, reliving some of these memories <laughs> is there anything you need to get off your chest before you go or, or, or not City remember the time that Mourinho would fly kicked the table in the changing room his <laughs> <laughs> mic for context his mic his mic has literally fallen apart <laughs> I've done it on purpose right so Sid do you remember that? no I don't remember that and you remember it like I can't remember what game it was but um, he was very you know with Mourinho, you could never really tell straight away whether he was like angry yeah. or like happy. It would just change. And then we just walked into the change room and he was just walking all calm, came out of his office, just fly kicked all the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere in the first We just booed him up and like, <laughs> yeah. was it half time? I yeah, half time. Half time. Oh, yeah. I was probably in the stand. Yeah. I was probably in the stand watching. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just dug everybody out. Really? Yeah. What was the score at half time? I think it was losing, but it wasn't. 
the the fact that we was losing, I think it was just more how bad we was playing. Playing. <laughs> yeah. But listen, right, do you know what? It's always a pleasure. Whenever I see you, it's absolutely it's always a pleasure like catching Likewise, up. Man. And I really appreciate you coming and doing this, mate. Nice well, one. Nice one. Appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.